When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. American Giant makes great clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, and more right here in the U.S. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order with code STAPLE20. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, code STAPLE20. This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Today's program is pre-recorded. This is Joe Krause of Jacob Media Partners. As you enjoy your Memorial Day this year, 2021, and your life starts to return to normalcy, please pause with me for a brief moment to remember those American heroes who made the ultimate sacrifice for their country. We memorialize all the men and women who died while serving their country and continue to help their families whenever needed. God bless America. May your holiday be filled with memories and may you always remain thankful to our American heroes. Introducing Pathways Consulting Group, a company that will align your IT needs with your business goals. Pathways is a full-service ServiceNow partner. What does that mean? It's simple. Pathways will collaborate and design, develop, and deploy solutions for your company today that will define tomorrow. Pathways will provide world-class enterprise service management solutions. Pathways Consulting Group. They listen. They care. They execute. Go to PathwaysCG.com. That's PathwaysCG. This is Women to Watch. To rise above all of the noise and fulfill every last one of your dreams. Women to Watch, sharing the real stories of the most accomplished women in the world. It is for those frightened children who want peace. It is for those voiceless children who want change. Be inspired by women from across the globe. True philanthropy comes from living from the heart of yourself and giving what you have been given. Who are encouraging more women to pursue their dreams. What I know to be true is that women were always meant to lead. And by shining a light on those doing it well today, my hope is that more women will find their own voice. Now, here's the owner, founder, and host of Women to Watch, Sue Rocco. Hello, and thanks so much for tuning in to another week of Women to Watch. I'm Sue Rocco, and it's always great to be back with all of you. We have another wonderful show for you today, and I'm so honored and excited to have with me Dana Perino. Dana is the former White House Press Secretary for President George W. Bush. She is co-anchor of America's Newsroom and co-host of The Five on the Fox News Channel. And I have an enormous number of questions for her that I'm going to try to squeeze into uh, the limited time that we have. As always, be sure to stay with us during the breaks where you'll hear from our exclusive watch team of on-air contributors. And we're continuing to expand our watch team and always looking for more women to be a part of the show. So if you're interested in joining, feel free to email laura at womentowatch.net. That's laura, L-A-U-R-A, at women, the number two, watch.net, N-E-T. And our lineup and our podcast and all the news around the show can be found at our website at womentowatch.net as well. So be sure to check it out. 
So now, again, I'm, I'm thrilled and honored to have with me Dana Perino. Dana, thanks so much for being on the show. Well, thanks for doing the show. This is an important thing for you to be lifting up women all around um, the country or even the world if they're listening. So thank you for having me, and but thank you for doing this podcast. Uh, well, you know what? I think we have a mutual um, interest in, in trying to help young women and, and older women as well. And, and I know that you do quite a bit of that outside of your media profession. Um, and I, I wanted to open the show with a quote. There were so many things in, in your most recent book, Everything Will Be Okay that struck a chord with me. Um, But I want to give our listeners a sense of who you are and where you came from. And um, in the book, you talk about your time spent on the ranch. And you said, my great-grandparents' ranch in Wyoming is by far the place that holds my most happiest childhood memories. It's where I learned about the things that matter. And, um, you know, that sounds like a beautiful uh, place to grow up. And when I when I say that, I wonder what the very first thing is that comes to mind for you for what you spent your most time doing there. Well, uh, thank you so much for that question. I think that grandparents are such important people in our lives. And so my great grandparents immigrated from Italy. They did not know each other at the time. Um, They come to America and the Homestead Act was available. My great-grandfather was a coal miner, and then he was able to do the Homestead Act, and so you were given 60 acres, and if you would farm it for five years straight and build a structure that had four walls, you could keep the land. Wow. So for somebody who had been a farmer for somebody else, you know, and his, uh, all of his uh, ancestors had been for as far as back as you know, I've been able to trace— this was a big deal, right, to come to America right. and freedom and opportunity. So that was really ingrained into the ranch. I just felt like, like that was everywhere. Um, the first thing that comes to mind is the um, ranch house itself had this really great yard. So there was the ranch house, modest, very modest house. There was a small building that was a cellar. Then we had the hen house. But just across the yard was a big red barn, still today a big red barn, um, and that had a corral for all of the horses. Um, there were cattle, lots of dogs. Um, but we would do a cattle drive twice a year. So you would, that meant that uh, in the spring you would take the newborn calves and their mamas and head up about 80 miles north up into South Dakota where they could graze on that beautiful lush green grass. And then in the fall, around like late September, you bring them back and take care of them during the winter. And those were some of my great memories. Um, of course, there's so I, I could name a, a thousands of I'm them. But sure. when, when you ask me that, the image that comes to mind is being there on horseback with my grandfather over the years, and being able to learn from them. And also, I learned something else that's very important on a ranch: that if you don't exactly know what you're doing, you should just stay out of the way. <laughs> I'm sure there's danger around every turn. You know, as you're describing that, I'm wondering, did were you very much kind of free on the ranch um, as children and roaming around without a lot of supervision, or mm. was there adults kind of watching over? Gosh, that's a great question. I mean, I think that compared to today, we were probably pretty free. Right. Um, I was the oldest grandchild, so I sort of feel like I was kind of... Uh, a little bit the um, person, if, if an adult adult wasn't there, then I was, you know, keeping an right. eye on things. Um, but, you know, yeah, yeah, you could go over to the barn by yourself and uh, have, have a moment, you know, sit on, the, sit on the fence and contemplate things. But my grandfather also um, was 
terrified of snakes, and he wanted us to be terrified of snakes. So um, we would keep watch. Um, <laughs> I remember that very much because there's rattlesnakes. Oh my up gosh! In that part oh of the my world. gosh! Well, I just I think often about you know my own growing up, and we really were on our own out in the world um, with no supervision. And today it's the complete opposite. You know, with children so in touch with their parents. I don't know which I I yeah, often think. It sure is. In fact, my husband said something about that the other day. That he read something that said that. Um, the average adult today, young adult, is in touch with their parents at least once a day. And he thought, wow, yeah. that I called my parents once a week right. from boarding school. <laughs> <laughs> they had no idea what we were doing, but there was something, you know, wonderful about that as well. Um, you know, most people, I think, assume that that sounds like an idyllic childhood and, and that would be totally free from challenges. And I wonder if there's something you can talk about that has been a personal challenge for you that you're most proud of overcoming or still, you know, working on as an adult? Mm. Oh, gosh. I mean, there's a lot of things, right? But I, I think one of the things that comes to mind, and I do write about this as well, but you know, I didn't grow up um, going to private schools, and I didn't go to an Ivy League school. And eventually, when I make it to the White House, I realized that I had a lot of inferior. Uh, I had a inferiority complex when it came to my education. Um, I was surrounded by people who went to Harvard and Yale and Stanford, and I went to University of Southern Colorado. But if somebody said, "Where did you go to school?" I'd say USC, and they immediately thought that I was in California. Right, <laughs> and. I did get a master's degree at the University of Illinois Springfield, but still, I felt quite inadequate um, when it came to my academics. And it, it took me a while to get over that, and um, that was a little bit over time. And part of that was also that President Bush, I realized one day, like, oh, he turns to me for advice as much as he turns to anybody else. Wow. And then, of course, my good friend Carl Rove, he didn't even finish college. And so I got over that over time. And I do want young people to know that you don't have to go to some big fancy school. Get an education. Be curious. Use all the resources that are available to you, but that you are not inferior because you didn't go to Harvard. Yes. <clears throat> Excuse me. Absolutely. And one of the things, you know, we talk about on the show sometimes is that that those academic smarts are not the only important thing. There's that, you know... Uh, emotional quotient, EQ, you know, the, your ability to connect with people, would you say that that's something that has come easily for you as well? You know, I I think that I was always kind of a natural-born press secretary, actually. <laughs> um, I would always, I don't like confrontation. I, I like people to get along. I, I like consensus. And I remember um, even being in the backseat of the car as my parents were driving, if, if they were in an argument, um, you know, I might say to myself, oh, gosh, if she had just waited and said it this way, or if he had used this word, or if they had waited. And I'm like, oh, I'm trying to always, like, figure out a way to help people communicate better. Yeah. Um, so, yes, I do think that I, I was in touch with that even from a, from a very early age. Um, and even to this day, I think some of my colleagues are like, okay, give it a rest. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, that's a great quality to be able to, I mean, communication is everything. It, it really is. Um, this is, we're going to go into our first break. Stay with us for our watch team. And I will be back with Dana Perino. Now the women to watch health watch for health watch. I'm Dr. Marianne Ritchie. When a family welcomes a new baby, especially the first, parents learn as much as they can about the health and well-being of their child. They find a good pediatrician, learn what developmental milestones to look for, and make their homes child-proof. Put plugs in sockets, move furniture with sharp edges. 
Well, here are some tips for new grandparents. My dear husband and I feel very blessed to have two-year-old Tommy, nine-week-old Everett, and three-week-old Teresa. And we've learned that things have changed since we became new parents over 30 years ago. For instance, we bought a car seat for infants and toddlers. That means you have to insert the base of the car seat securely into the passenger row. Great news. Our local police station offers a special service. A designated officer will demonstrate how to put the base into your car safely and securely. When I went for my lesson, the police officer even let me take it apart and repeat the steps to be sure I was comfortable with the process. I wanted to be ready for my precious cargo. Thanks, Lower Marion Police Department. I was also reminded that a woman has a Tdap shot with every pregnancy. This is a vaccine to prevent tetanus, diphtheria, and pertussis, whooping cough. Grandparents should also update their Tdap shot every 10 years. So if you're awaiting your first grandchild, be sure you've had your Tdap within the last 10 years. When your grandchild arrives, remember that they grow quickly. Put a gate at the top and the bottom of staircases. Put a fence to keep the family dog away from tiny tots. I'm a dog fanatic, but even the sweetest dog might try to taste the baby's lollipop and inadvertently nip the child's hand. Please put a slide latch on the door that leads to your basement to prevent the little one from falling down the basement steps. And while you're at it, put one on the front and back doors to keep baby from going out into the street. To my fellow grandparents, congratulations and take good care of your little angels. Now, the women to watch. Tech Watch. Hi, I'm Mary Manso of Pathways Consulting Group. A couple of weeks ago, I talked about the advancements in technology that have accelerated over the past year and a solution that our team here at Pathways was creating, contactless delivery in the workplace. I'm proud to say that their submission of the solution went over very well, and they received an award based on their incredible creativity. The solution they created allows you to trigger a request using Alexa for something you need, like a keyboard, to be delivered to your desk. The way it works behind the scenes, the Alexa request triggers off an automated workflow that's captured through a ticket or request platform, such as the one we use, ServiceNow. That ticket or request routes to the right department depending on the request. That department fulfills the request and sends a drone or robot on its way. When the drone or robot appears at your desk, you simply say, Alexa, keyboard received, and the request is considered closed. For the technology industry, these types of solutions and other advancements will only increase job opportunities. One article I read outlined that the tech industry will grow 11% by 2029. There are no boundaries to where technology can be used, and there are a lot of incredible women out there who are creating awesome solutions to solve everyday problems. You don't necessarily have to be the person on the keyboard coding either. To go to market with a tech solution, a combination of talent is needed. Market analysis, process analysts, testers, developers, project managers are just a few of the roles that are incorporated into the creation of technology solutions. There are a great deal of diverse roles women can play in the tech industry. All the more reasons we need to encourage women to continue to pursue education and jobs that can lead them to the tech industry. It's up to us to encourage and nurture the future women technologists, and starting at a really early age is key. There are a lot of activities you can do at home to spark a young girl's interest. To hear about them, email me at mary at pathwayscg.com. This is Women to Watch with Sue Rocco, Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. 
Welcome back. I'm speaking to Dana Perino today, former White House press secretary serving under President George W. Bush, co-anchor of America's Newsroom, and a co-host of The Five on the Fox News Channel. And um, Dana, in, in reading your book, something else that I know you talk about this story a lot, but I love it so much, um, that you would spend evenings with your dad talking about different articles from the Daily Newspaper. And mm-hmm. I thought to myself, wow, that's a really good dad. And um, I wondered, you know, what do you think it was about your dad's own upbringing that instilled this sense of support for his daughters in him, that he would take the time to do that? You know, I'm a huge proponent of girl dads everywhere. And I I look at my friends who are um, fathers of daughters, and I'm so impressed with them. And I think about how important that relationship is. And my dad, I think because he was one of three boys and he grew up on that ranch, I think in his mind he wanted to make sure that as his daughters were growing up that they knew that they could do anything. Mm. And he was very much somebody who was like, go, go see, do, mm. you know, get out of here, <laughs> go, go check things yeah. out and not trying to hold us too close. But when I was in third grade, you know, they talk about daddy's little girl, like you want your dad's attention, you want to be, be around. Well, he was a subscriber to all the newspapers and magazines that you could imagine. And at the time, Denver had two newspapers, the Denver Post and the Rocky Mountain News. And my dad would have me read, well, choose two articles to discuss with him before dinner. So I would get home from school. I would scour the newspaper and decide on which articles I wanted to talk about. I'd have to read the article, and then I'd have to explain to my dad why did I choose the article, what did I like about it, what did I, what, did I have questions about things. And, of course, he would gently play the devil's advocate to try to help my critical thinking skills build. And then we continued that tradition for, just, for years um, with all the magazines. You know, we'd dog ear a page or circle something. And I even think back to reading Newsweek, for example, and George F. Will. Boy, I probably had to pull out the dictionary every other word when I was reading that. <laughs> right. But I really, um, be, I really enjoyed that. And then, again, we were a big newsy family. We liked to watch the news. I would be afraid to go outside and play on Sundays because I didn't want to miss 60 minutes. Oh, my gosh. So my dad would set the alarm on the stove so that I'd be out in the backyard and once, <laughs> once the alarm went off, I knew I had 10 minutes to sit, to take my seat to get wow. ready for that tick, tick, tick. I love that show so much. You, you know, did you always have that desire to be in the know, kind of, you know, knowing what's happening in the world? Yeah. yeah. That. Oh, yeah. And even when I'm on vacation today, um, I, I can't stand to not know what's going on and what's happening. Of course, social media has changed so much the ability to stay on top of things constantly. Yes. We get a little bit addicted to whatever is new, and sometimes there's just not that much new going on. Um, but I also love the deeper dives, mm. you know, some of the thought pieces. I, I always have a weekend reading folder, so something, like, say something that doesn't really fit into my daily responsibilities at Fox News, I will put... Uh, that article in a folder that I'll take home on the weekend. Sometimes they can get pretty large. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what? I want to jump ahead to a question because I think it relates to this. One of the things I think about so often is, um, as you mentioned, with social media and just the connection, the ability we have to know every day, all day long, what's happening around the world can be such a burden. And for for someone like you in the media who is very in tuned to all of that, I wonder if there's something you can share with us to help us have a better perspective of 
what's really happening in the world. In other words, you, the title of your book, Everything Will Be Okay, is so needed today because when you watch the news, you mm. think it's not. And, and you know, I'm someone that always says to my kids, you know, the world is better than it looks. There's more good people than bad. Um, but from an insider's, per, mm-hmm. you know, standpoint and what you do and how you really know, what can you share with us to help us with that better perspective? You know, there's a saying in journalism that nobody ever reports on the plane that landed safely. Yes. Because plans are supposed to land safely, and it's unusual and horrible if they don't. Um, I, it's interesting you bring this up. There's a, there's a couple of stories in the news right now, um, crime-related, involving children that really affect me. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a parent. You know, I, I don't have children of my own. Mm-hmm. But I, as I read the story to the viewer and try to explain what's going on or interview somebody about the story, it really is difficult. And I could see where, after a while, you know, you sort of build up a tolerance to bad news. You, you kind of build that up a little bit. But there are stories that really affect you, and they're affecting the people out there. And I... I'm always grateful when I hear from a, a viewer or even when I was press secretary, somebody saying that they appreciated how I delivered the bad news. Yes, yes. Right. And I think that there is a responsibility that we have to do that in a factual way and in a way also that try to put things in perspective, which I definitely try to do. Um, I, I agree with you that America is a really great place and you see that in your neighbors. Actually, I'm a huge proponent of local news. And a Pew study recently showed that um, areas that have a local newspaper tend to be less polarized. Hmm. And that's because you're reading about your neighbors, not just about something that happened, you know, across the country. Because of our news system today, 24-7 news cycle, you could have a crime that happens in Iowa that becomes the talk of the entire nation. When I was growing up, that was very unusual. Correct. Right. We didn't know. So there were so many things we didn't know, and and I often think that you know sometimes it's better to be um, in the dark on some things, but we can't today. There's, we just can't. Um, I think it's interesting. You know, when I was reading about you, initially wanted to be a reporter, and then when you were 22, um, there was an assignment where you had to actually interview the mother of a, a murdered child, and you were not able to do that. That is different from just telling a story, right? Well, and that's interesting because yes, that, that all happened. Um, I loved covering politics. That was a really good. Uh, strong set for me, at least at that age. I mean, I probably wasn't very good at it, actually, but <laughs> I liked it. Um, but the state legislature wasn't in session all the time, so on the days that they weren't, I would then cover other stories. And there was a trial that was beginning, and a, a young boy had been murdered, and the mother was going to be at the courthouse, and the person that had murdered the child, the accused, uh, had been a friend of hers. Mm. And so this trial is beginning. There's a lot of local interest. And uh, the news director said, I want you to go to the courthouse and get an interview with this woman for the nightly news. So I went to the courthouse. And I was with my cameraman. And I saw her. And then I circled her three times. And I realized I can't approach her. Mm. I was too emotional about it. I was upset. I, I just choked. And I went back and had to say I didn't have the interview. I can't imagine doing that today. But at the time... 
I thought, well, I am not going to be able to cut it in journalism at all. And I was very pretty narrow-minded. One of the things I try to remind people is that there's going to be twists and turns along the way. It doesn't mean that you won't eventually get to work in TV. I'm living proof of right. that. But at the time when I was 22, I just was like, oh, my gosh, I'm such a failure. Oh, gosh. Well, you know, it, you're so candid in, in the book and, and always when you're talking about your own life and your career. Um and I think that's so important for young women and young girls to hear because you weren't born and then became press secretary and are where you are today. We're always evolving. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And that's a great reminder. We are absolutely, and it's, what a gift, right? And that you live in America, this is the other thing. If you were born in America, you won America's great lottery. You, you won life's great lottery. You were born in a free country. And if you are an educated woman who is living in this moment, where so many advances have been made by the women that have come before us and the men who have supported yes. them, then all you have to decide is how hard do you want to work. That's right. Listen, we're going to go into our next break. When we come back, I want to talk about your a little bit about your time at the White House. Stay with us for our watch team, and I'll be back with Dana Perino. Now, the women to watch, military watch. Hi, I'm Carol Eggert, Senior Vice President of Military Affairs at Comcast NBC Universal. While Memorial Day weekend has become a festive time of year as the unofficial kickoff to summer, its true meaning is a solemn one. Tomorrow, our country will observe Memorial Day to honor the service members who courageously gave their lives in defense of our nation. Although the holiday's roots go back to the years following the Civil War, it wasn't until 1971 that Memorial Day was declared a national holiday by an act of Congress. On Memorial Day, did you know that the flag should fly at half-staff position until noon only, and then be raised to the top of the staff for the remainder of the day? This custom, which is unique to Memorial Day, honors the war dead in the morning, then the flag is raised briskly to full staff at noon by the living, the living who resolve not to let their sacrifices be in vain, but to rise up in their stead and continue the fight for liberty and justice for all. And I add that it is right to celebrate enthusiastically with picnics, parades, fireworks, concerts, joining with friends and families, because this is exactly what these brave men and women died fighting for. Now, there are many ways that we can recognize the day's significance, and I encourage you to take a moment tomorrow to remember those who made that ultimate sacrifice to protect the freedoms that we enjoy, and then go out and enjoy those freedoms. Here are some ways you can observe the holiday. 
Take time to share your family's military legacy with your children. Share the meaning of Memorial Day. Let them participate in the flag raising. My daughter played the trumpet in elementary school and she was thrilled to play taps after raising the flag. You can also virtually visit Arlington National Cemetery, which is the country's largest military cemetery that serves as the final resting place for more than 400,000 veterans. The cemetery's website includes free access to a detailed interactive map that takes you on a digital tour. So visit arlingtontours.com to learn more. Another way to take a moment to observe the day is by taking a virtual tour of the Military Women's Memorial, including its new exhibit, The Color of Freedom, sponsored by Comcast NBC Universal. This newest attraction features the legacy of service women of color. The Military Women's Memorial also recently launched its national registration campaign. So invite all women veterans to register their service. You can submit your story or the story of a loved one to womensmemorial.org. Now go out and enjoy the day. Hi, Sue Rocco here, host of Women to Watch. Are you a fan of the show? If so, be sure to sign up for our podcast at womentowatch.net so you never miss a show and can listen on your own time. That's women, the number two, watch.net, N-E-T. Now, the Women to Watch, Nonprofit Watch. Good evening, Women to Watch listeners. I am Cheryl Mackey, Lead of Financial Empowerment at United Way of Greater Philadelphia and Southern New Jersey. As I mentioned last week, May is Asian American Pacific Islander Awareness Month. And tonight I want to highlight another United Way partner agency, Philadelphia Chinatown Development Corporation, or PCDC. PCDC is a grassroots 501c3 nonprofit community-based organization whose mission is to preserve, protect, and promote Chinatown as a viable ethnic, residential, and business community. PCDC offers a comprehensive array of programs and projects such as neighborhood planning, community organizing and advocacy, Chinatown home ownership initiatives, economic revitalization, and family and youth services. A recent event at PCDC included their Asian Women's Wellness Day, which was held on May 15th to celebrate and honor Asian American Pacific Islander women across generations. PCDC partnered with Studio 34, a woman of color-owned yoga studio, to promote community care and solidarity. The event highlighted local Asian women-owned vendors, service providers, and health professionals who hosted workshops and shared wellness-related resources. Over 200 participated in this event. Ongoing at PCDC is the partnership with Sunray Pharmacy as they launched the Crane Chinatown COVID-19 vaccination site. This is a bilingual vaccination site in Chinatown to help eligible and vulnerable residents workers, seniors, and families to overcome language barriers and receive COVID-19 vaccines. Since March 17th, PCDC has helped to vaccinate over 1,600 community members. There are upcoming vaccination events for teens on June 6th, 8th, and 15th from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. at Crane Community Center located at 1001 Vine Street. For more information on this and other services, you can go to www.chinatown-pcdc.org or connect via social media, Instagram at Chinatown PCDC, Facebook at Philly Chinatown 
or Twitter at TCDC Events. This is Cheryl Mackey. Thanks for listening. You're listening to Women to Watch with Sue Rocco on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Thanks again for being with us. I'm so excited to have Dana Perino with me. Uh, by the way, Dana, I've you know you're you're one of my favorite media um, professionals. I've been watching you for a long, long time, and you you do such an incredible job. Um, we talked in the previous segment about how you do when you're reporting news, allow people to kind of um, accept it and hear it um, and and not become triggered or emotional. And that's a you know, that's such a, a gift to be able to do that. When I think of your job at the White House, I can't for me, can't think of a more stressful job than being the spokesperson for the president of the United States and having to be prepared at a moment's notice to to mm-hmm. speak on his behalf. Mm-hmm. Um, what is it about you that allowed you to do that so well? Uh, well, you know, the, the only job tougher is being the president. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm sure the Secretary of State would like to disagree with me. Um, I think one of the things that I have to say is that, it, one, I like to be prepared and over-prepared is the way that has being overprepared has been my competitive advantage my whole career. And also, President Bush trusted me, and I trusted him. So we had an ability to communicate and understand each other, and I understood his principles by which he was making decisions, which made it much easier, frankly. If, if your leader is um, guided by principles, then when they're making decisions, it's easier to explain mm-hmm. them, even if they're unpopular or um, or or people disagree with them, at least they should be able to respect the decision-making process. And I also had a terrific team. I had uh, several deputies, well, three deputies, and then some younger folks that, that worked on our team and got the press where they needed to be. And I took a huge interest in what all the reporters in the room were reading about and thinking about so that I could anticipate their needs, get them what they needed. And I, I didn't think of the job ever as being the head of the Republican Party. For me, it was a, there was a Republican National Committee that could do that. I really took the responsibility of being the spokesperson for the for the country very seriously. And boy, what a great opportunity it was. And I know that sometimes, um, in hindsight, things can look like it was even better. I, it was very stressful, yes, of course. And uh, I look back and realize how much better I could have taken care of myself and my own physical health, mm-hmm. frankly. Oh. And I could have done a better job. And actually, now that I've worked in television for a while, I'm like, wow, I would be so much better today. But I'm never going to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all look back, you know, um, and again, it, it, it speaks to the, the that we're always learning and evolving, hopefully, you know, getting better at living life and say, gosh, if I knew that I could say that a million times about just the lack of confidence as a young girl. Um, and I think, yeah. you know, you're... To, to be able to be articulate is not something that everyone can do under pressure. So I think that that's something. Do you feel you got better at that? But it is something you can learn. Is it? Yeah. It is something that you can learn. Yes, I do think so. I think that it, it takes some uh, practice and putting yourself in some uncomfortable positions. Um, and, and even during COVID now with a lot of Zoom and online communication, like people are staring at themselves more than they ever have before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, if you're the kind of person that's very comfortable doing your work and sitting in the back seat and only raising your hand once in a while, like if you're on Zoom all day long, that's different. It's different. And if presentation is important to your career or your advancement, then, yes, I absolutely think that you can and should take 
some strides to improve it. Yeah. Um, I should mention that you were the the very first woman to serve as White House press secretary in the Republican administration. And I love first. I yes. love firsts for women. Did that feel um, was that more pressure for you or d- did that not even come into your to your mind? And, 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 um, well, let's see. I would tell you that I knew that it was an immediate opportunity for my future. Right. I knew right. that. And there was some responsibility in that. Um, and I admire all the women that have had that job. I think it'll be big news if a guy ever gets that job again, um, because all, there's been so many women that have been able to do it so well in the last several years, including now. I think Jen Psaki is doing a very good job for uh, Biden. Uh, it's a little different, too, in that, you know, there, it, 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 I used to say Tony Snow, the late Tony Snow, the press secretary before me, he had five ties, and he would rotate those ties every day. And when I became press secretary, I really had to think about, oh, gosh, what am I going to wear? You know, I didn't have a lot of time to go shopping, and fashion was not necessarily in my strong suit. So, <laughs> yes, you, know, you do think about it a little bit. Right. But I think, um, that, I think less so now than ever before. Yeah. Um, Dana, a lot of the work that you're doing today is is centered around mentoring and helping young women. Where do you see the most angst coming from in, in for young women today? Well, a lot of them, I think, are in a in a hurry, and part of that means that they try to plan out their whole life. So, for example, if and I did too, and this is why I wrote the book about it. Um, they'll come and they want to know how can I become White House press secretary. So I'll tell them, well, first you have to start as a country music DJ, which is what I did. <laughs> and I'm, of course, joking. I mean, I did. I would do. I was a DJ, but I'm joking with them in that they are so hungry for advice, and they will follow any plan that you give them. And the problem is this. There is no plan. Right. The plan is to throw the plan out the window and to just be prepared no matter what the circumstances are. When I look back at my career, every single advancement was not something I planned for, but it was something I was ready for. Mm. You know, one of my favorite, I, I don't know if you're familiar with Glennon Doyle Melton, um, and I read one of her, her yes. I read one of her books that absolutely was such an aha moment when she said, just do the next right thing. Um, because I am someone who mm-hmm. truly, I, my brain does not allow me to think to the future. So I never had a whiteboard or a five-year mm. plan or goals. I, I just literally mm-hmm. live in the moment. And then, you know, I've come to realize that's that's okay. That's a good way if you're always doing the next right thing. Doors will open, right? I mean, that's a blessing to be able to live like that. There's very few people who can do that. Most people are um, worrying about the past or worrying about the future. So th- that you can do that is great. And that, in fact, when I write about serenity in the book, um, I'm trying to help people get to that point where they can feel like they're in the right place at the right time. You know what? And there's a you know, Psalm 23. Mm-hmm. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I have a quote just about that that you oh, said. So- go ahead. Uh, Okay, so Psalm 23 is, um, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That's the most common um, interpretation of that language. Well, I was just listening to a book by Brandi Carlisle, and she's she's very open about having to deal with a lot of sort of anxiety issues that she had on her own as a performer. And at one point, she said that her uh, counselor had talked to her about the Greek interpretation of that verse, and it is, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. Mm. So instead of depriving yourself of something, I shall not want. I shall not, you know, I shouldn't want that. But just say, I lack nothing. Like, I have everything that I need. Right. 
And I wrote that down because I'm like, oh, that is a good reminder in a way to try to live in the moment. I love that so much. And you you said this in the book, and, and I wrote it down because it's one of the things that, that just struck a chord. You said, find energy in the peace and serenity that comes from being a vibrant, intelligent, and responsible young woman. And there, in those pockets of calm, when the worries are crossed off the list— Right there is where you're meant to exist. That is so beautiful. That is so beautiful. It took me half my life yeah. to get there, but but I do live in that little place. <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, it does take a long time. And that's why, you know, my mom said that there was no, no book like this when she was uh, starting her career. And I, what I wanted to do was to provide a modern guide to these young women so that they know that they do not have to worry. They've got everything that they need, but they have to work hard. Yes. It comes with a lot of hard work in order to make sure everything will be okay. That's right. And 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 to understand they have choices, right? To just just make the choices that will allow them to to live the kind of life they want. It is hard. Um I was 48 when I launched this show and that was kind of a turning point for me and and I think you had a an awakening at 48 also. Um but I don't think I could have written this book before I did. Yeah. But we want the young girls to get there before 48. That's what I hope for my daughter, right? (laughs) I don't want her to wait. Absolutely. Uh, We're going to go into our last break, and I will be back with Dana Perino. Stay with us for our watch team. Coming up next is our Coach's Corner podcast, which is a shorter version of our weekly show and can be heard wherever you get your favorite podcast. I'm BJ Gray with this week's Coach's Corner. When I say reach the highest form of leadership, it's really more about transitioning to a new form of leadership because we used to lead from this position of authority, right? Where we were just more like top down. Um, But I really think that positive leadership, good leadership in today's business with today's culture is creating healthy influence. It's not about being a position of authority, but creating a healthier influence and letting the people below you have the ability to be the next generation of leadership. It's very unselfish. I feel like the the new generation of leadership has to be more like an unselfish leadership where you don't worry about yourself and your position of authority or being judged or knowing it all or, or getting credit. You don't worry about you getting all the credit. You have a vision for others versus yourself, giving them some direction, but influencing them to like take the the reins and do the work themselves and try something that, that they've never done. Just don't constantly tell them what to do. Thanks for listening to this edition of Coach's Corner. Connect with me directly on LinkedIn or at bjgray.com. Until next time, I'm BJ from Coach's Corner. Now, more of Women to Watch with Sue Rocco on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Welcome back. I'm talking to Dana Perino. And uh, Dana, one of the things I wanted to ask you is why you think that the world would be better if we had more women leading across all industries? Well, I, I think a lot of people believe, I think that women are um, good leaders. And they are, have been proven to be so in many um, examples. Um, for example, one of my great role models and mentors is Secretary Condoleezza Rice, uh, who led that State Department as the first black woman to do so. And whew, she, she's amazing mm-hmm. um, in terms of how she manages both her work and professional life. I'm sorry, work and personal life. In addition, I mean, she's... An, 
avid golfer and very good, and she's an expert uh, concert pianist. I mean, she's real. That's a woman who has it all in um, in one package. So. I think that in finance and in, certainly in government, you see a lot more women that are uh, being able to be in, that are in positions to lead and doing it very well. Uh, you have the first woman vice president in Kamala Harris, who I actually think sort of waiting for a big move by her um, because I don't know. I think Schmeller, she's like slowly getting up to speed, but um, but that that means a lot to young girls everywhere to be able to look up and say like, wow, I could do that. Right. You know, and they believe it. And there's a saying in mentoring circles that you have to see her to be yes. her. And that's why I think it's important for all of these things, like take your daughter to work day or take them to see something. Like, for example, you know, Sue, I didn't have a chance to come to New York City until I would think I was 27 years old. And it's kind of interesting because I'm an avid reader of fiction, and so much fiction is based right here in New York. And I had never been able to really see it or understand it, and I was quite intimidated uh, by New York. And I encourage people to the extent that they can expose their um, children, young boys and girls, uh, to different parts of the country. I think it would be very helpful. Just the same as anybody who grew up in the middle of uh, Brooklyn should take a road trip across Wyoming. Right. You know, Out so to the ranch. See parts of yes. America and be able to. <laughs> yeah. yeah, of course. I like, can be able to, to do all of those things. I think that gives you a better perspective and it helps you figure out a way to lead wherever you're planted. You know, they have, there's, that, there's that phrase, bloom wherever you're planted. Mm. I like to think like lead wherever you're planted. Mm. And for some of these young girls that are going from their, maybe their first or second position out of college and now they're ready to step up into management uh, or leadership positions within the organizations that wherever they are, it, it, there are some really important things that you need to do in order to do that. Part of that is being an active listener, being a, being super well read, um, figuring out how to actually manage a team and to stick to a budget, things like that. Those are all things that are very important. But also, women do trust their intuition. If they if if they trust their intuition, they can really soar. Mm. You know, I heard someone describe you as powerfully calm. And I I wrote the word calm <laughs> yeah. down multiple times. And um, let me ask you, how have you managed to kind of stay out of the fray while being a public figure mm. and, and publicly sharing your views on politics in a world, you mm-hmm. know, today? I, you know, the person who actually said that was Leo Terrell, who is, um, as he would describe him, he's powerful, but he is not calm. <laughs> and he called me one day and said, how do you do that? And I said, you know, look, I think everybody brings um, a little bit of something to each show. And he brings the, the heat. And I don't, sometimes I don't have enough heat. But he does. And I, but, and I have the cool, so I can cool things down a little bit. And everybody works together in a great way here at Fox News. Um, I think for me, it's that I'm always wondering... You know, would my grandfather be proud of me right now? Mm. Would I be proud of myself? Mm. I start the book off with a story about integrity and how it's your most valuable asset. And you have a responsibility to protect it at all costs. That's your job, a number one job. And then the rest will Mm. follow. I agree with you. I, I really do. And, and I think the book is so um, I, I love all the personal anecdotes um, that you put in there as as well as advice and really just kind of telling your own story, which to me is the best way for someone to um, not only be inspired in the moment, but to 
you know, take action in their own lives. So I think it's really wonderful. Um, Dana, I thank you so much for being on the show. I know how busy you are. And um, I hope that you'll stay in touch. And I wish you continued success. Very much. Let's absolutely stay in touch. Thank you so much for the opportunity. That is it, everyone, for another week of Women to Watch. Thank you so much for being with me. And stay tuned next week for my interview with Natalie Platts, Director of Women's Initiatives at the George W. Bush Institute. Ironically, Dana, I went, meant to ask if you knew her. Natalie Platts. I don't. You don't. Okay. Well, perhaps one day you will. Take care, everyone. I would love to. Take care, everyone, and have a great week. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to Women to Watch with Sue Rocco, a Jacob Media production. If you're interested in learning more about the power of the radio hour, contact Joe Kraus at 267-261-3428. announcement and does not reflect the views of WPHD or its management. Today's program has been pre-recorded. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.